Hometown Glory, your Spurs and Culture podcast. I'm Rosa and I'm joined by Ash, Billy, Sam and Tom as we look down on literally everyone else because guess who is still top of the table? Your mighty Lily Whites. Hi guys, good evening. Yo. Hi. Nice to hear all of your voices. We will be discussing Friday night's game at Palace that took us very briefly, five points clear, the upcoming game against he who shall not be named, the great traitor, and of course, giving you our weekly culture picks. Now, several of you went to the game on Friday, but two of you were incognito. Hiding out among the home fans were Billy and Tom, and I know at least one of you was doing a really horrible job of it because you told us. Tom, talk us through your experience. Um, so it's the first time I've ever sat in the wrong end and I live really literally close. ever. Oh, you mean at palace or not? Just... No, no, ever, ever. Literally ever, 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 anywhere. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've never been in the wrong end for a Spurs game. Um, and I live really close to palace. So I was like, if I'm going to do it, I, you know, I trek into what white Hart lane takes me forever, but I can walk home from, from Selhurst. Um, and yeah, I did it. I did it terribly, and I don't think I'll do it again. I, as I walked into the stadium, we were sat really close to the away fans, who were brilliant and loud all night. Um, were were so good, and I walked into the stadium and just and just completed the chant that was going on, and went, "We all follow the Tottenham," and then was like, "Fuck!" Like I didn't do it very loud, but I just like sung along to the end of the chant. Um, yeah, and then a couple of times I jumped up and shouted, ref, and then had to go, that was a great decision, ref. <laughs> um, and yeah, I when we scored that beautiful second goal, all I could do was turn to my mate Linton, who I go with, and we just like, sort of smiled and so quietly said, what a goal, what a goal. But yeah, people did, people clocked us. Um, what I would say is there were an amazing number of Korean fans there, also in the home end, and they just celebrated wholeheartedly both times that we scored. I don't and think, no one can be mad at them, really. No, even, you know, even away the, the opposition, Palace fans, no one's going to sort of uh, take issue with the lovely Korean fans, are they? So they were filming the whole game. And then when Son scored, obviously... They went crazy. But yeah, I did an awful job of staying incognito. And um, yeah, luckily we were so close to the away fans. So at final whistle, we just went over and because the Palace fans cleared out very quickly. So we we were sort of the other side of the stewards and I had a sing and watched um, everyone having a lovely dance and welcoming Benton Core back. But yeah, I, I you know, football for me is all about celebrating. So I don't think I'll be doing it again. Yeah, and especially towards like the very end when like obviously the home crowd was really roaring on the team, like Palace. Like, yeah, what do you no. do in those moments? I've I, been in the I've been in that situation twice, but it's never been like a stressy game. I a couple of times I just had to sort of like clap along while they were chanting and then sort of just <laughs> go like uh like that not actually mouth the word so I wasn't fully fully cheating on uh on Spurs but yeah I'm not really known for being able to keep my mouth shut so mm-hmm. uh yeah it wasn't ideal for me to be honest 
Uh, Billy, how did it go for you? Yeah, similar, really. I will never, ever do it again um, because <laughs> you know, I didn't like – I enjoyed the experience because it was like – I actually I, I actually kind of felt like the the Palace fans around me were actually like a decent bunch. Like they were um, – it reminded me a lot of going like to the old White Hot Lane because of Palace because it's, like, it's a proper traditional football ground and it's proper old school and it's a bit rickety-rackety and everything. It's a bit shit, but um, that's my kind of ground, really. And I didn't – I actually was thinking – I did feel a bit sorry for their fans because at times their, their performance was absolutely dreadful, as I'm sure we'll get onto later. Um, <clears throat> so I felt a bit sorry for them. And like Tom, the only time that I was really struggling was like, I was fine for the goals and stuff. It's just like instinctively with the referee. And then you, you kind of, that was when I lost it a little bit. And by the end, we definitely got caught out. Um, especially when Benton Kerr came on, just because could not contain an excitement about that. Mm -hmm. um, I was fine, you know, withholding for the goals and whatever. But when Benton Kerr came on, I was like, I couldn't. I just had to stand up and like that because you know that's a it's a moment for everyone. Um, but yeah, I, right. I, so you you just like pass that off as a rivalry aside. Yeah, be. exactly, exactly. <laughs> classy, classy gesture. But um, no, I actually felt a bit sorry for the Palace fans to be honest because they seem like really good people, and I have I have no beef with them at all really to be honest. Do they yeah. have beef with us particularly? I don't think so. Not I don't really. Think they do. No, yeah. it wasn't any like fucking Tottenham. No, no, there's a couple of like same old Tottenham always cheating and stuff like that. It's like. Mm, don't really, but um, no. Nah, that, that's, that's the best you got. It's yeah, there was no there. like specific beef, I don't think, which is a, quite a rare for a London game. It was just, mm. they were just pretty pissed off at the fact that we kept passing it around their defenders about 300 times. Yeah, they. to be fair, they are really nice. Uh, I think they're like a decent, decent group of fans. And um, the, I, the stadium is very old white lane in that it took me like 14 minutes of half time to get a beer and then had uh, to... That know, was... That, uh, that was one thing I, I said as well. I, I couldn't. I didn't get a drink in either before or after because the queue was just. It literally didn't even move in like half an hour. It was like proper old school bar. Um, yeah. I wish I'd not bothered. It reminded me of being in the south and having to down one of those bottles of Carlsberg yeah. like so quickly. Come on, guys! Time, we do not miss. Yeah, times have moved on, man. You can get bar cups that fill up from the bottom now. Come on. Uh, also, Billy, yeah. just just one other thing. Did you find yourself the clunkiest thing for me was having to say Spurs rather than we? So, like, yeah, in, yeah, that, yeah. in that first half, I was like, God, Spurs haven't been very good, have they? <laughs> like, and what, I, what I tried to do is every time that Spurs did something really good, I was like, Fucking come on, Palace, you're shit. Like, every time that's how I sort of like negated it by just sort of going the other way. <laughs> well, that was a good goal by Spurs. That, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah, that I is an never, experience I'll, done, I'll, and it's I'll never happening do it. again. Yeah, no, no I'm I'm not, I don't want to do it again. It's not, it's mm -hmm. not, not enjoyable. Um, Sam, you were your authentic self. My best authentic self. Yeah. <laughs> Firstly, solidarity with the boys. Um, I my the only time I've been in the wrong end was um, at West Ham. Which was uh, oh, that's that hideous. Fuck that. That's no, no, that was that was brutal. But um, yeah, I kept what game? Still alive. Tell a story. A good one. A bad one. Luckily, it was it was like a a league cup game. We beat them one nil at, mm -hmm. at a big stadium. Um, I think it was one or two nil. Um, but we yeah we won. We had to keep pretty quiet. But um, yeah, never want to do it again. So well done, boys. All in one piece. Um. Yeah, the away end was rocking. Uh, atmosphere was was wicked. First half, obviously, it, it was... seemed it from the other end. Like it was so loud. Like the whole game it was really, really good. I thought. Yeah, man. Like our, our support's unbelievable. Up and down the country, like the the few ways that I've done this season, it's just been so so good. Um, I think even in like the worst times, um, the the Tottenham support is always like 
unreal, no matter how we're playing, what the score is. Um, it was like a little bit subdued in in the first half, obviously. Like we weren't weren't really ticking. It was a bit slow. Um, things weren't panning out, but second half, like we we really upped the volume and and we we turned it up a few dials on the pitch as well. And yeah, it was it was phenomenal. It was yeah, a, a great, great little away day. It's a fun one, that palace. But um, yeah, the beer issue needs to needs to be sorted out immediately. Don't I? I feel, I feel like I'm still waiting in line. I love the um, I love the concourse in your way, and though it's like absolutely tiny, isn't it? It's like proper. I love that where they just don't no yeah. space for you. There's no yeah. safety whatsoever. It's just mm -hmm. mental vibes yeah. instead of health and safety. I'm surprised they haven't got any of that like good Apple money because it's been, it got used for like Ted Lasso, didn't it? It is the Richmond ground for. So you'd think it would have had a little bit of a spruce up, but maybe they were just like, no, we don't want it. I've oh. been to Sellers Park a few times, um, but the only time I've ever sat in the in the way and like with the home fans in the league is at QPR. And to be honest, it just doesn't really count. Like no shade to QPR, but that was not, you know, One a painful experience. Well there was the um the Zahar mural, which is, you know, that's two for two. The mural's mm -hmm. not going very well. There's some they both left. So both is it a nice mural? Same artist as the Kane one, yes, exactly. Oh, it's it. So maybe it's not the mural, maybe it's that guy. <laughs> it's the, the the modern day kiss of death in football where the mural does it for you. Like that's it. Um, Ash, have you ever sat with um, in the wrong end at any game? Um, I have at Arsenal, actually. Um, what? Yeah, but it was in it was in a box, and we were oh, so it doesn't we were really... told not to celebrate, and we had to like it was really weird. We had to like run in the box and shut the door, and then celebrate <laughs> and come back out. Um, really weird experience. My cousin's actually like been thrown out of the Emirates. Um, Respect. Before. Yeah, for celebrating a goal. Um, but no, I couldn't do it. It's too stressful. I don't know how you lot did it. It's a bit mad. I mean, that's coming from someone who's literally gone to Arsenal asking them how they couldn't do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to stick with you, Ash, actually, because what? how did you feel about the game? Because as Sam said, the first half, like, um, full disclosure, I missed the entire first half because my children wouldn't go to sleep. But I feel like from all the reports I was getting from everyone at halftime, I didn't really miss anything. Did you feel like it was frustrating or we were being patient or did you um, feel like it was going to come? Were you stressed? I didn't think the goal was going to come at all. And when we did score, I like really, really celebrated because mm -hmm. I thought it would, I thought the goal just like wasn't going to happen. And I knew that obviously when we did, like I think they were going to find it really hard to like come back. But yeah, I don't know. I found it really difficult. And the only thing that made me feel slightly better about the game was like and just comments after where he was just like i knew it was going to be hard and it was going to be like this and i was like oh maybe he's just right and i shouldn't panic as much as i do like every week but that's um, what i'm that's what i'm personally going with yeah yeah but it wasn't a great performance and i think like once we sort of like settled into the second half they played like uh, we'll get to the goal in a second but i thought we played some like really good football um and then obviously at the end I know we talked about this in our like text group, but I found the last five minutes so stressful that I had to just like walk off and just pretend to do some kind of housework until the excruciating, game. Excruciating, excruciating. Yeah. I was, I just, I left the room. I literally like hid in the toilet. I was like, I don't, I don't need this in my life. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. On that first half, the um, 
where I was sat right next to the away fans and that left side was having a nightmare in the first half, wasn't it? Like Davis, it, Davis was not great. And like, and then Richarlison, it doesn't, it's not a great combo, is it? Ben Davis and Richarlison. Yeah, I, think we, yeah, I think we really miss you, Doggy, against Palace because, um, yeah, we really struggled, obviously, until there's a substitution in the second half, which I was very happy about. And uh, I thought Emerson actually had a pretty decent game, but yeah, I thought it was a real struggle in the first half. But I guess... You know, that's what Palace are going to do, especially when they don't have their two best players. They're just going to literally play for a draw. And that's pretty much what they did. And they did a really good job of it pretty much until, um, yeah, until we had to make a tactical change. Do you we feel can... like GB was that bad? Or is it just that your doggy is so good? I think it's the latter, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think he's suited. Uh, I don't think he's a, he's a bad player by any stretch of the imagination, but he's not really an infer- inverted fullback. He's just, mm-hmm. He just doesn't go up and down the pitch like your doggy does. Um, I think he's probably not even just not up and down the pitch, like yeah. all over the pitch. That's yeah, the thing. You can yeah. like GB has been able to do like a job as a kind of left sided central defender, left back, and also he was even like a decent wing back at times. But you can't expect him to replicate that. Like I'm just going to roam all over the place and then come back as soon as I need to cover. Yeah, we've like, kind of, it's weird. is a phenomenon. Yeah, we've kind of stumbled into having like the best possible player in that position in the world. Like it's really weird. It's kind of an accident because obviously we bought him for Conte, but. I can't think of many players in the world that would do as good a job as that and we really missed it. And that's yeah. all right, I think. I don't want to shit on Richarlison because I, I, like, I want to always defend him, but we were so much better once Brennan and and Emerson were on, weren't we? It was... Can I just... Um, both those players on the left. Can I just say how good it is to have a manager who's good at substitutions? Like, it just seems to be like every game. Oh, seems to like see a problem, change it and fix it. Yeah. Do you think so? Emerson is like suddenly taking up the sort of Matt Doherty sort of right back into left back role. Yeah, it's weird, right? Oh, nice. It's quite weird because he had a pretty poor game against Fulham, didn't he? And then he had a really good game today. And I don't know if you saw his quotes today, but he was like, "I'm not, I'm not really, you know, I'm happy still because I'm being. He's a professional guy and whatever." And he was talking about how he, you know, he was happy that he started off as a starting right back, and he's just happy to do his bit for the team. And I think it's really, really showing at the moment. It's probably. A lot due to the fact that Ange just, you know, knows how to keep a squad happy and there's just um everyone seems to be running through walls for him. Do we all feel like that actually? Because I think there is this sort of feeling that our first eleven is obviously brilliant and there's a sort of drop off to a greater or lesser extent with certain people. But I feel like Ange isn't really playing the subs like that. He's actually trying to bring everybody in. I don't know. Sam, how do you feel about it? That's a sort of my vague feeling. Yeah, there was there's an interesting thing that I read or, or heard today was that um, we've used I think 22 out of our 25 for the. That's got to be a record. Squad, which is is crazy. We're like it feels like just the start of the season, but yeah, after 10 games, I think it's it's dire. Um, and the two goalkeepers that we've got registered um, as well in the league that we've not not played, um, but everyone else has, has seen. But I guess he's injured. I, I, I literally okay, only remembered the existence of Sessegnon on the other day. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've forgot forgotten entirely. But yeah, I think it's it's something seriously high. I think um, twenty twenty two, um, and yeah, I think I think he's trying to give minutes where he can. Um, it was nice to see like Brian Hill come on. Obviously, Benson Kerr as well. He kind of stole the um, the spotlight, but I think he's gonna. Yeah, it's it's tough without uh without the cup games. Um, all he's got is like this one league game a week at the moment, and due to the the scheduling, you know, we've got 
Monday and then a Friday game, and then we won't play for 10 days. It's a little bit all over the place. So I imagine that's quite hard as a manager to try and, um, yeah, sort of delegate the minutes between the team, but also play yeah, your own Yeah, keep everyone play. happy as well. And you don't want to get it. You don't want to make it so it is so that sort of horrible Nuno era, A team and B team. But you can't like afford to throw things away. But I feel like he's got a lot of confidence, perhaps like where we don't have confidence. Like, like Ash, this is what you were saying, right? Should we just really trust in him? I mean, obviously we should, that's crazy not to, right? But he seems to have like more confidence than I guess we do in some of our players, possibly because we've watched them over the years. Yeah, it's not even the players, it's just the club, the institution, everything about this just everything about Spurs <laughs> just like, everything yeah I just like don't want to like believe that like it's going to be okay because it's just too painful when it when it's not so yeah it's like I don't know it is it is hard but then I guess Andrew's brought in to like bring about change and like he said that himself so yeah we have to like believe I know that like we'll get on to like who does believe and who doesn't maybe like later but um yeah, I just need a little bit more evidence before I like fully buy in. But um, yeah, the football's unbelievable. So I'm very, very happy, of of course. Do you want to talk me through your feelings for the second goal then? Because that was, I think I'd, like I saw someone describe it earlier, say it's like, just like a perfect Ange Ball goal. I'm not like au fait with like all Ange Ball goals pre- prior to Spurs. but I like... think it just means really good. <laughs> Everyone's involved. But, um, but like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean the play is unbelievable. Even it's the, like you know the whole instance of um, Romero and um, and Vicario just passing it back. I think like Palace obviously like were under like strict instructions not to come out and press, and it's like funny that like when they did, we just like did that to them. Um, and the goal was absolutely perfect. And yeah, I'm really excited about Johnson and like what he's going to bring to the team because we've barely seen him. Like we bought him for fifty million, and like we've barely like seen the guy apart from the Emirates. So I think I look forward to like a lot more goals like that. Yeah. And on the Ansible thing, there's a video that I was watching um, before he even joined. Well, um, before he even started at Tottenham and um, as a Celtic training video, and he's basically just sort of like talking through the Celtic players. And he's like, we're going to get the ball wide. We're going to cross the ball. We're going to score our goals. And if you think about it, a lot of our goals are scored from those wide sort of plays. So you've got like the the classic own goal was scored like that. Son's goal was scored like that. The Poro Liverpool own goal was scored like that. Um, so I think you can see that real threat coming from wild areas. And I thought I was really impressed when uh, Johnson came on in particular. I think it's, you know, it's the best thing that he's done in the Spurs shirt so far. And um, I thought he looked really electric down the left, to be honest, when he came on. Obviously, word to Madison and Song, because like we said, uh, I think on the last podcast, uh, it was like when we had Kane and you kind of end up not mentioning him because you expect him to do these things. Like Madison and Song were brilliant and what like what a season Son, Son's having and, and Madison, obviously. But just quick word for Saar as well, that the ball over the top was absolutely unbelievable. And his, he was amazing second half I thought so he was all over the pitch absolutely everywhere yeah I said this to you guys I think didn't I in the chat where I was like I feel like Saar was like actually furious that Ange like dared replace him with Oliver Skip on the Monday it was just like this is this is not going to happen again <laughs> like no shade to Skip maybe a little bit of shade to Skip but it was just like this is what I can do I am your complete all action like 
box-to-box midfielder who can also roam out wide and switch the play as and when you need to. I thought his performance was amazing. I feel like I've slightly had weird like blindness when it comes to him up until this point in the season. Like loads of people have really raved about him, including you guys. And I almost feel like a lot of the time I haven't really noticed him in games until I think the last couple of games was when I've thought actually... And possibly, I think, the Luton game as well, when he really had to take responsibility after Basuma got that stupid red card. I think kind of the, the last sort of three games, I think he's been absolutely exceptional to the point where as much as I'm so thrilled that Benton is back, it feels slight, like a slightly bittersweet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think one thing I've noticed about him as well is he seems to get better when Basuma goes off. Like he seems to like step up a little bit because when Basuma went off, I think Basuma went off on that like 60 minutes, which is obviously great because we can save him for that Chelsea game. And Hoybier came on again. I thought he had a pretty good game, Hoybier. But like Star, Star then just starts to run even more and like won't go across the pitch even more. It's like he's doing the man. He's doing like all the Basuma stuff as well as the Star stuff. And it's just, yeah, he's been the last three games where Basuma's been sent off, not played, and then got subbed off. Um, I think Star's really stepped up, which is crazy for a 21 year old player. Yeah, it's a ridiculous sort of way to deal with all that responsibility. And you could like you can imagine that Ange must absolutely love him. Um, Ash, I want to ask you, because you loved seeing Brennan and so did I. I thought he was really exceptional, that header and then the run I thought was unbelievable. But how do you feel about Richarlison? We haven't really talked we didn't really talk about Richarlison last week because I feel like loads of people have been piling in on him and I don't want this pod to be part of that, but what are your thoughts? The Richarlison thing's weird because I like watched the opening half and it's so difficult. He he did like loads of brilliant things where he would like connect the play and and like he had that chance which like he put wide and he created like Madison's chance, which like he like skied into like the air. But I think he does these really brilliant things. And then like the bad things he do- does are so bad that like they're really noticeable and he looks like kind of like a Sunday league player. And then I'll get like, I think I mentioned this in our text group, like where I sit at Spurs, I'm like in a mad sort of like beef with my cousin who sits in front. And I am obviously a Richardson supporter and he isn't. And uh, yeah, every Richardson mistake now, like the entire like basically block like turns around to just like check to see like my thoughts and like reaction on it. So I love this so much, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to keep like backing him. But like, yeah, he isn't like, playing well but i i do think that like i don't know he's going to improve I, I i think the balance is wrong i think like him and kulisevsky both do like a very similar thing and like mm-hmm. one of them should be like a pacey player and one of them should be like essentially like holding the ball and carrying it but to have two doing the same thing probably isn't right yeah actually uh, let's throw this out there who who wants to talk about Kulu? Because I do have some concerns that he is not scoring. And as much as I think he's been really good this season, like what, like we, I, I don't feel like we can have like, like one of them has got to start scoring at some point, right? Yeah, I think Am so. I, um, I think it's a difficult one because both of them are incredible at pressing, which is like, as Ange was saying in our, um, when he was disappointed against the Fulham game, he said, our pressing's been really, really good and our pressing is amazing. And those two are like an incredible pressers, but just, I guess that's not really enough when it comes to it, really. I guess I guess it's a weird one because if we weren't scoring goals as a team, then you'd be a bit more worried than we are. And maybe it's like the system is more important than any individual players. I don't know. It's a tough one, but um, yeah, they, they, you, would, you would hope that 
we can't sustain this just of Son scoring every game. Definitely, there's no reason why both of those players shouldn't be scoring like ten Premier League goals a season. I don't think. Yeah, I agree. I think. Um... Like, if Richarlison can get 10, it'd be amazing. I think the most he ever got at Everton was like 12 or 14 or something in the league. Um, so we, he's never going to be a 20, 25 goal a season striker. I think um, on that, though, we're forgetting that against Sheffield United, Richarlison came off the bench to get an assist and a goal. So personally, I think I'd start Brennan, um, start giving Johnson some uh, starts and then have Richarlison as a super sub because he is brilliant off the bench, isn't he? He winds people up. His energy is amazing. um, And he he presses, like Billy said as well. But yeah, maybe Kulu and him are too similar. And we need Johnson to just like beat a man unless we have both of them to like tire defenses out first and then you bring brennan on yeah and to I think run that was, a tired defense and i think that was literally the game plan against mm-hmm. Palace, and it basically worked perfectly so there you go me and Ange, just you know so simpatico <laughs> because they both they run an insane amount both of them like, and and yeah insane, i think Kulu is the most it's covered the more miles than any player in the Premier League this season. So, yeah, they both run an insane amount, which I think is really important for Ange Ball. And also, we would, you know, maybe, do you know what? Maybe it doesn't matter that neither of them has got, like, maybe the pressing is the thing because actually, well, how many own goals? We've got, like, how many own goals is that? Two, three, maybe, this season? And yeah, we haven't had we, any penalties, but... A lot of goals from pressing as well. yeah. So maybe it doesn't really matter because I did have this sort of wonder of like, are we becoming slightly over-reliant on Sonny for goals? Nah, I'm not concerned. (laughs) Good. I needed to hear this. Oh, by the way, speaking of um, Harry Kane syndrome, can I just shout out Mickey van der Ven, who is just incredible again and always. It's just, I can't, I can't actually believe how good he is at football. It's just, it's an absolutely insane thing. And it's just, I know like even like Wenger was shouting him out this week, but um, yeah, I just, when you, when you, you see an attacker like three yards in front of him and then he just recovers the ground in like one second and tackles him, it's just, um, yeah, it's hard to put into words how good he is. It's mad, isn't it? Because it is that whole thing of he was the fastest defender in the Bundesliga, right, last season. And then you're like, oh, okay, so that's why we've got him. He's He is amazing to watch. I also want to throw back over to Sam for the traditional Romero appreciation corner. Yeah, I feel like I can, we can just, like Tom, you can do this, right? If you can clip up what I said the previous week about our two centre-backs and then we just insert it week after week because, yeah, I'll say the same thing, but like both of them are amazing. I think like, again, on on Van der Van, just allows the team to play like another 10 yards, 15 yards higher up the pitch so we can press higher. it's 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 a pretty wonderful thing to see live when that ball goes over the top and he's 10 yards behind the striker but you're like he's gonna get you You don't worry you just don't worry yeah Yeah. you like you literally just sit back and you just you have a little bit of a shit eating grin on your face you're like he's gonna get cleaned up um and it's the same for Romero like you know that he's gonna kick someone into Rose Ed uh, and get the ball as well um is that like another another game another week without a booking for him as well yeah um, the season I can't remember any bookings actually maybe one or two, maybe I can't remember any. Maybe well, I think that maybe it was Arsenal that he got booked. Right. Or, can't remember. There was yeah. one in there. I, um, I mean, that's fair. A, that's one you would expect your central defenders to be booked in, I guess. Yeah, 
but he went like three or four games without committing a foul. It was it was crazy. He's just like changed his mentality entirely. Um, but yeah, he was phenomenal again um, on Friday night. And um, it was that, that crazy stat that there was the most passes by a, by a Tottenham player in a Premier League game ever recorded. But like um, loads of those were just him to Vic. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's right. hilarious. It's like they just, that, um, just they're watching. You know that Simpsons episode where they watch football and yes. like they just literally yeah. pass. <laughs> it was literally like that. <laughs> It was actually pretty funny though, especially as I was literally surrounded by Palace fans, like absolutely fuming. If I was watching Tottenham do that, I would be absolutely furious. Like, please, I mean, we have, we've literally watched Tottenham do that. Yeah, yeah. I really felt for them because loads of people initially thought that they were booing us, right? But then it was like, no, they're booing their own team. I was laughing when I was watching it, but then like, yeah, sort of feel tears starting to roll down my eyes from PTSD from last season. Yeah, Conte had us doing that for 89 minutes in some games. Um, yeah. Yeah, let's not let, let's not go back there. <laughs> yeah, let, <laughs> no, let's not go back there. But what I did think actually about that was that, you know, Palace's goal came from them finally sort of uh, pressing us like uh, while, we, while we were passing around the back. I think that um, was a very well taken IO goal, to be honest. So, if I was a Palace fan, I'd have been annoyed they didn't try that a bit sooner when Vic and Romero were just passing it back and forth. It's important to mention, Tom, that um, although it was a well taken goal, it was a handball and uh, released the audio tapes, and I want my replay. <laughs> Also, on that note, what the fuck was Roy Hodgson doing after that game? He like lost his mind. Completely. Oh, it's really depressing. Blamed isn't all it? their young players. It's like what the fuck. He's and I, it's a manager that I generally respect. I think. Yeah. Um, I thought he was a, like a decent guy or whatever, and then he, to come out and do that is, I think, it's a proper head's gone moment. I think he's probably lost the Palace fans. Like, that's, there's no. It's really very. It is. That. If we're talking Simpsons, it is extremely old man yells at clouds. Yeah. 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 Really Especially as Palace have got some really in their tradition, you've got loads of really good young players, and they bring them yeah. through. It's like their also, also it's your that. decision to bring them on, Roy. So, like, you it's know, like Mourinho, peak hero Mourinho, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I've never really liked Roy. So, I feel I like it when my, um, my bias is confirmed. I don't really get the Uncle Roy thing. I'll be honest. And I never have. Is it just that he's old? I think it's so. been around forever. I just yeah. like seeing those videos of him in training when he's like 76 and still like pinging the balls. <laughs> That's about it. He was a terrible yeah. England manager, wasn't he? Absolutely terrible. It was a cold, wet, was a cold wet Friday night. Just like wrap him up in front of the fire and a bit of uh, Antiques Roadshow. I mean, he's not that old, is he? He just looks ancient. I don't know. I feel like it's all right. He's allowed to have a job. I think he is that old. Is he? <laughs> yeah. 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 Sorry, but he is. Okay. <laughs> 76. That's quite. That's quite advanced. That's quite old. I'm so not just to be kind of out and about all the time like that. You just wouldn't want it. Would pretty you? stressful just, job, innit? Yeah, that's the that's the main thing, isn't it? And it was obviously like getting to him a little bit. I mean, they're going to bin him at the end of the season, aren't they? If not before, you'd have to think. Just miserable. You can't be wasting all that talent. Um, but I just want to say one more thing about Romero that I love slash find really terrifying is like how close he allows players to get to him what before he like passes the ball 
It's I'm so never... impressive, but it also I'm like oh, I just I'm pretty I'm sure he did it ready. like the 99th minute as well. Yeah, of course it? he did. It was like after it was two one. Mm-hmm. He he was like literally trying to draw a, draw a player on in like the 99th minute, and I guess that's what Andrew's done to the players. But still, it's fucking scary to be honest. And that being surrounded by Palace fans at that particular point was horrendous. Four minutes. I um, honestly I don't I'm know. I'm not how sure you got where that fucking it. injury time came from. Anyway, like, there was no way. It was how? Where did eight nine minutes, minutes come eight from? Eight minutes of injury Mad. time. And then we had the fucking VAR decision, which took another like six minutes. So. That was ridiculous. Once it just went on and on and on, it was like, oh, okay, fine, so just give it. This is absurd. Yeah. Just don't stress everybody out even more. Um, the main thing about the fact that we had more injury time was sort of good and also bad, because I guess he probably thought he was only going to get about four minutes. But we ended up having about 15 minutes of Rodrigo Bentoncourt. Tom, how you feeling? Uh, You've invoked his name every pod. I know, I know. And then, ironically, I couldn't even celebrate because I was in with the pads <laughs> when he finally came on. But I that was, is pure Tottenham. I was feeding off the vibes coming from the away end because, um, yeah, everyone was so over the moon that he'd, he'd come on. And, you know, I don't think... He, he had quite a few touches. There was nothing sort of spectacular, but whatever. It's just so important he's back on the, on the football pitch, uh, on a field. And then... Um, yeah, at the end, uh, the players all sort of pushing him forward to the away fans. Oh, so cute. Him was so, so cute. I think it was maybe Basuma who was sort of, he's sort of so rowdy, isn't he, Basuma? He uh, loves it so much. He was like out there with like cling film wrapped around his thighs or whatever it yeah. was. But yeah, being I yeah. to his, to his knees. But he was still out there being like, he's like pushing Rodrigo to the front, being like, he's back, yeah. he's back. Like, did you guys ever even play together? Not no, really. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. And then Ange just looked sort of sort of was at the back clapping a little bit, faintly embarrassed by it all. But yeah, I mean, oh my god, I'm so so happy he's back. What a like and it's kind of ahead of schedule. It, like at one point when it first happened, it felt like maybe this year he wouldn't play again. Yeah. And what a point in the season for him to come in while while we're top of the league, we get arguably our sort of best or best centre mid back or definitely based on part of the past our best centre mid back it's also yeah, so he good. looks buzzing to be back as well it's also amazing that if, you know while we're playing well and top of the league that you know it's not like we're in crisis that we need him to play and forcing minutes on him that he's he's not ready for yet he can can take his time and uh yeah bed back in yeah, I love that I... thing where Ange was like, he's been like knocking, the, like, like knocking down my door for weeks, being like, can I play? Can I play? Yeah, I feel like if this was last season, he would have had to start against Palace and then be like a dead again. But yeah, it's a really good place to be in. Actually, on that, did you see, um, was it his partner's Instagram post? Yeah. The being like, there are people yeah. who have, who would have like pushed you to come back or ever. Yeah, like, I really want to know who that's aimed at. That is, is Conte, surely. <laughs> who knows who knows <laughs> we know we do know <laughs> we don't we do know yeah um which is a shame because i yeah i feel like I, I wanted to believe that conte was a better man than that but maybe not um how's everybody else ash how are you feeling about bentacle yeah very happy can't wait to see him play but i without getting into discussion it's like going to be incredibly harsh for whoever comes out for Benton Core, but that's that's maybe another pod in itself. But yeah, like be harsh on Saar, and obviously, like I don't know, Basuma has been one of the best players 
So I don't know. But yeah, I'm very excited he's back. And I think like when they're all off, like at the AFCON thing in January, like hopefully by then he's up to speed and it's like back to the old Benton course. So yeah, it's perfect timing. Perfect timing. I feel like so much of the conversation about Bentoncourt is really similar to our conversations about whether we're in the title race or not, because it's like, we don't know, like, will he be back to his best? We just, who can say, who can say, will we still be in this conversation, you know, come January, who can say, we're all really like scared to actually say our feelings. I'm not going to ask. It feels like this is a cliche though, but like, they're good problems to have, right? Indeed, indeed. <laughs> the problem of being two points clear at the top of the league and the problem of having our sort of best centre mid-back. Great, like, yeah, great, great decisions for, for uh, Ange to have to make when, when he's got so many choices. Does anyone feel like we should have scored more goals against Palace? That is the last thing I want to ask, actually. Or do we feel like it was completely fine and that is just what happens away at Palace? I mean, it literally is what has happened away at Palace for almost the last like five years. Last season was a massive anomaly, the 4-0. We've won like 1-0, like every other game, I think, apart from that. So maybe yeah, I think so. And I think it was yeah. just like really smart play, really. Like we just basically just had like a period of like 20 minutes where we absolutely dominated them and then the rest of the game we just kind of reserved our energy which I think is fine when you basically play two games in a week and I, I you know Palace away you just got to win and get out of there I don't really care um, but it's not like we suffered like the whole game we actually there was a really decent period in the second half where we were absolutely all over them um, and then the rest of the game we just kind of let them do what they wanted because they weren't really offering much at all Away it's hard, isn't it? But I do I do want us to absolutely smash someone at home soon because I feel like we 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 just need to thrash someone. And I was kind of jealous that Arsenal got a five nil win against Sheffield United. At, we'll save at, that. Um, we'll save that for Monday. We'll save that. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is is now a good time to get into it, guys? Um, I think to begin with. A few months ago, me and Billy and Charlie sat down and we recorded the betrayal tapes when Pochettino took the job at Chelsea and we all got we got really in our feelings about what it meant to us um, that he like was literally like, not even stabbing us in the back, stabbing us in the front, let's be honest. Um, I could never, ever have envisaged being in this moment right now and feeling like this. And I will kick things off by saying, I, you know, if if we lose or even draw on Monday night, I will not feel like this. But right now, I feel bad for him. And maybe I'm just broken inside, but I do. I I don't feel like the hate is just gone. It's gone. Am I literally alone in this? You're looking at me like, yes, you are alone. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just want to take this time out to say, boo. Exactly I will be doing on Monday. Um, Is yeah. everybody going? Are all of you going? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm going on vocal rest for, for the week. Okay. So, Ash, uh, how are you feeling about the great betrayer? Oh, I hated him ages ago. That's Even true, you did, yeah. You were, like, done him. with him, yeah. I hated him, like, when he was sp- still Spurs manager. So, um, yeah, I'm just, like, excited. I'm I'm just happy that he hasn't been fired yet. Because I, mm-hmm. I, there was a period where I was like, oh, I don't think he's going to make this game because their form was so bad. And it's, like, picked up. And I thought they were actually back when they played Arsenal. I was like, oh, fuck, like, they're going to turn up and, like, 
be a force again, but they were really bad at the weekend again. And yeah, like I'm just excited. I think like, I don't know how everyone else reacts. I've had quite like mixed reactions from different people that I've spoken to. Like some people are like, you know, we need to just like applaud him and, what he did here was unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Can I just clarify that I would not be involved in any of that? I'm not actually well, crazy. Listen, some people are. They're they're ready to applaud. And others are like, no, let's just support like Ange and the players. And then like there's um the other end of the spectrum, which is like me, I assume like probably most people on this podcast who will just like boo him from the minute they see him. So yeah, no, I I hope it's just like really hostile. I just can't believe he's gone to Chelsea. It's just criminal. Tom. What are you going to do? Yeah, I'm going to boo him. I mean, I don't like, uh, I don't like, in my heart of hearts, I don't truly hate him, but I truly hate that club. And there's only one man for me now. Like, you know, we've covered before. I'm not particularly, um, you know, I, I don't really dwell on the past. I just sort of move on. So at the minute he left, I'm like, cool. I, and we, we chatted. I, did, I never wanted him back either. I'd rather uh, um, I'd rather just move on. So, you know, Andrew's our guy. It started fucking brilliantly. There's no, you know, yeah, I'm, there's no part of me yeah, feels sorry for Poch or, you know, or cares for Chelsea Football Club. They're absolute scumbags. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't argue with that at all, really. Billy? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to be booing, but I, I do also think that, and it doesn't mean I will not be booing, I definitely will be, but I think the personally the best way to get him back is to like show love for Ange, and I think that was definitely what's going to happen. And he'll, uh, you know, Deep down, he must know what he's done, and he must, on some level, yeah, and you can say that he's gone to Chelsea, he's making loads of money, he's going to you know, have pretty much infinite spendage over the next few years or whatever, but deep down on a, um, on the, on a human level, he must realize what he's done and realize that he's you know upset a, a group of fans that genuinely truly loved him and i think when he hears like uh, sixty thousand tottenham fans singing Ange's name i think that's the best way to hurt him um so i'm looking forward to doing that and booing and um i do think he needs to feel that what he's done because you know he said it himself that chelsea are a bigger rivals than arsenal i absolutely despise chelsea i think they're a disgusting entity on every single level um it's not like arsenal they're just like on rivals because they're our neighbors there's like proper hatred there there's a horrific history there that's been there for a long time it's violent history it's a you know and even worse than that in many many senses as well um and he's joined them and every single game that they have they sing we hate tottenham at the beginning of it and he stood there and singing that and, and you know while they're singing that and um you know some of his quotes is where he keeps talking about the chelsea being the best club in england um i think he deserves everything that he gets next weekend and um i just hope that when he hears like 60,000 fans singing Ange, that's what's really going to upset him because, um, you know, that's what he had and now he's lost that forever. A general point about that game um, coming Monday, or or it actually it's it's on the same, it's in the same area, but I think the atmosphere at the stadium is the best it's been at the new stadium, right? I think, yep. like, for sure. We, we haven't had this sort of atmosphere since the old White Hart Lane under Poch. Um, and now we've got, you know, there's another 20,000 of our fans in, in the ground. So I just think our fans are going to be so important on that on that Monday night. They're going to be so riled up and noisy. And I think, you know, we have been so much already this season, the the 12th man, haven't we? The, the fans in the stadium, genuinely. I think people are going to be fucking buzzing for it. 
and yeah, I'm I'm so excited to sing Angie's name and sing about what's happening currently with with the club and and boo him a bit as well. <laughs> if you've got time, yeah. Um, Billy, I really like. I have to just shout out what you said in in um, one of the group chats I'm on with you, where you were just like, "It's actually amazing that with Poch and Kane, and oh. has like survived two extinction level events." Yeah. Imagine, <laughs> imagine if we were like 14th now or something. We've just lost Kane. Our hero manager's gone to Chelsea. This could have been an absolutely horrific season and instead it's been like one of the best scenes we've ever had it's an absolute miracle to be honest and the fact that you know you know harry kane is obviously like doing the ballon d'or today or whatever and he's just come third in the strikers and an absolutely stupid level down on the ballon d'or award which shows how stupid it is but the fact that we can sort of watch that thing and not really be hurt about it it's like it's yeah. an absolute miracle that we've managed this and i was watching him he's got that goal at the weekend from the halfway line it's like if we were like 14th in the league or something which is what many people must you know Few of you know, a few of us are talking about how it could go terribly, terribly wrong or predicting. And we were watching that goal go and it would be horrific. But somehow it's well, it's not somehow, it's because of Ange. But um, yeah, we've navigated this incredible two events that I honestly the best thing I can say about it was I just simply don't care about Washington or Kane right now. I just care about um, you know, what Tottenham have got at the moment, which is mad really. Yeah, what a man, what a man. Um, Sam, how are you feeling about it all? Yeah, similar to, to everyone, uh, I think the best way to hurt him is to sing Andrew's name. And we do that pretty darn well these days. Um, so, yeah, I'll be at 100% volume. Um, uh, a little note to anyone that's going to the game. Um, the Return of the Shelf guys and our Spurs song sheet are going to meet extra early with the drum down the goal line bar just to try and hype everyone up. Um, so yeah, grab your drinks and then meet the goal line bar, which basically everyone does anyway. Um, but yeah, follow the noise, get excited. Cause I think, um, this has the potential to be the best atmosphere. I think the ground has ever been, um, with everything that's sort of at stake. I think being a Monday night, um, yeah. And obviously God, with, it's, it's uh, actually, I'm, I'm not going, um, I think if we do get a ticket, it'll be ollies but like actually it it's going to be insane i remember like one of the most insane atmospheres i've ever experienced was at the old white heart lane and i think it was it was like the first season that we qualified for champions league and we beat and it was it was the north london derby and i think that was my first north london derby possibly and i walked in and i was like it literally feels like everyone in this stadium is about to have a heart attack like the intensity <laughs> And I, I feel like it is going to be like close to that on Monday. Maybe not quite because it's not Arsenal, but with like all of the emotions. And because who knows, I suppose, where we'll be in the league by that point as well. We could have, we could potentially have dropped down to, be like to fourth, I think. Yeah. Right? So it will really like, how, actually, I'm going to stick with you, Sam, because you're going to give me a really fun answer, I'm sure. How do you think the game is going to pan out? Um, I'm not as concerned as a lot of people are. Um, I I genuinely think that like if if they're going to try and come and play, uh, we're going to fill them in because there's every team that's that's tried to open up against us has just been found out. You know, Ash was saying it took Palace, you know, ten seconds to find out what happens when you try that. You try and press us. So um, yeah, I'm hoping that it's not the Chelsea that turned up sort of for 80 minutes against Arsenal the other night to White Hart Lane, hoping it's the Brentford-Chelsea. Um, but I, th- I, I genuinely feel really good. I feel positive that we're going to take the win and it will be, it's going to feel really, really good. Um, I think it will will really turn them over. 
But yeah, I I just I genuinely just have like no idea because I also don't like I don't know who any of Chelsea's players are anymore because they have like 50. Like I don't know do they have a first 11? Pochettino doesn't know his players. Well, this is it, right? Like who you know, they're asking him in press conferences who, who who one of their defenders was. He had no idea who he was. Honestly, yeah, not a clue. There, there was a brief, as um, Ash was saying, I briefly thought they were back. Um, and Sterling has been, at times been really, really good this season, hasn't he? And, and also Gallagher, um, it seems weird that we were linked with him so heavily and Poch never seemed to want to let him go. Maybe it was just like a balance in the books thing, given that they've spent literally billions. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, hopefully they're not they're not at all back. And uh, yeah, like Sam said, they will try and play football because we know that about Pochettino. Pochettino's sides, he's not going to sort of. They're not going to sit back, are they? And hopefully they get found out. Their numbers are pretty good. Like, you know, like I hate like stats and all that, but it's like their XG or whatever is decent. It's just they literally can't score, right? Yeah, that um, that Jackson is terrible. He's just an absolutely terrible striker. And then the Poch had to (laughs) defend him the other day against his own fans um, who were slagging him off. And then Poch had to get involved, which is funny. Um, I think Cole Palmer was a really good player. I don't really know what Man City were doing there, to be honest. I think that was a, a terrible decision from Pep to let him go to Chelsea. I think he's he was really, really good against Brentford, but they just they just can't score goals. Isn't Lukaku, Pep isn't usually um, proved wrong, though, is he? No. So there he, must be something there. Yeah. Isn't yeah, Lukaku, on the striker thing, isn't the best banter that Lukaku's doing really well as well? Uh, yeah, I think he's got like 11 goals in 12 or something for Roma. For Roma <laughs> under, under Jose, but just brilliant banter that Chelsea are desperate for a striker. Maybe they could look at Lukaku. I'm also really excited um, to boo Mudrick, as you guys would know from yes. with him. So please join me. Um, I'll if be... he's playing, he was injured the other day, wasn't he? Hopefully he will play. I what a shame. Rubbish yeah. as well. But yeah. right. Allegedly at the weekend, they literally had like two left backs like on the bench, but Poch didn't play a proper left back. This is what I heard. Left back or right back? I don't Watch know. doing weird things at left back. I would never have imagined. I know, right? Crazy. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he'll do something that. absolutely insane. Which he I normally does know. do for a big game, to be honest. He normally it's really true. A really weird decision. <laughs> it's just going to be, it's what, I I honestly, like, I can't picture it. I It was one of those things where I was like, this is, I can't picture this day no, without dread. And now it's come and I don't have dread, but I also, like, can't picture it in my mind. Yeah, this is probably the most I've actually thought about it. And it, now that it's kind of coming near, it is a bit weird. Like, it's actually going to be really strange seeing him. Like, I haven't actually seen him in the flesh for like, what, like five years or something like that. And it's, yeah, it's going to be slightly weird, but um, I'm not really worried about it, to be honest. I think it will be fine. He so, must be worried though, right? I'm guessing. Like, yeah. Imagine what he's feeling right now. He must know that this is coming and he must know that they're probably going to get beat and he must know that he's going to get booed. Like he must be really. He should. He nearly didn't. Should have took their Jesus way out and get suspended for it. I can't believe he like. Yeah, he is suspended. I Cow- can't believe that. Uh, what coward! coward. <laughs> Sorry, can't make it. But I was also thinking about this. You know how like Potch has taken like his whole like little clique everywhere he's gone, and Ange just doesn't do that, does he? He's like a man who like appreciates new ideas. Yeah, and on that note, um. 
You see, he said that Jedinak is our set piece guy at the moment, which is pretty cool. It's specifically, he said that set pieces are Jedinak's baby. Yeah, because he was like, very cute. Gary Neville was like, I noticed you defend really well from set pieces. And he's like, yeah, that's Jedinak's baby. <laughs> I love that. Which is because... funny because he's Palace's captain as well. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Brilliant. I really love that as well, because that, that links back to something that you said last week, Bill, where you were like, this is Ange, like identifying a problem. Yeah. And being like, oh, but like, I'm not just going to say, oh, this is like a Tottenham problem and whatever, nothing can be done. I'm just going to fix it. It's really good. Like, it's it's just, yeah, I, I know we've been speaking about a lot of the last two weeks, but I just can't believe how solid we look defensively, which is really not something that I thought was ever going to happen under Ange. It's just crazy. I love that thing about Ange that he just is wants to keep learning. Like, he, he's like, yeah. I uh, new people everywhere I go. So I and not be afraid of it. So not he, have did, to be, he, like, did say, he did say in the press conference that he wants to be retired by the time he's um, Roy Hodgson's age. And that did make me a little bit sad, to be honest, because you won't get like, <laughs> you're going to get maximum like nine years, which doesn't feel <laughs> enough at this point. <laughs> oh. I mean, we could potentially get like, you know, 18 years, right? Yeah, that's what that's the dream. That will totally happen in modern football. That'll happen forever. By then, they might yeah. have like, medical advancements or whatever. Just exactly, exactly. Imagine, imagine how different this conversation would be, though, and how, like how awful this game would be if Chelsea were doing really brilliantly mm-hmm. and just wasn't doing very well. Like, yeah, and Kane was scoring in the Bundesliga. It could have been horrific. Yeah, like going into that game would be would have been so horrific if Poch had hit the ground running at Chelsea and Ange just you know. Everyone said he was going to start slowly. So, yeah, thank God. But is it worse for him that we're almost get, like pitying him? Yes. Yeah. Yes. This Brilliant. is like how Liverpool fans were like, you'll get another turn after the Champions League final. And I was like, I hope you'll fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like that thing that Pep does where he like bigs up people that he knows are no threat to him. Yeah. Like, he's yeah, angry yeah. against people that are a threat to him. <laughs> so he hates Klopp, but he's always like really nice to Arteta. <laughs> yeah, it's really true. I think definitely. Um, I'm just so like in my head, I was like, they're going to come and they're going to sing his magic, you know, like to hurt us. They might still do it, but the thing it, is, won't, though, it won't them, work. A lot of them hate him already. So it's they pretty do. good. A lot of them want him gone. <laughs> There's also some nice rebuttals that we've got planned for that as well. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, it, it, it'll all come out on uh, on Monday night. I'll, I'll oh share. God, it. I'm really excited. It'll be good. <laughs> yeah. Does everyone think we're going to win, Ash? You first. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. I'm do very worried. Like, uh, what are you worried about? Actually, let's let's dig it. Let's dig into this a little uh, bit. I'm worried because like. Chelsea, even when they're like terrible, like the Leicester season, suddenly like decide that they're um, gonna just be amazing for like one game. Um, yeah. So I, I was thinking about that. Then I was like, but I don't really know out of the, their players who even has like a Chelsea connection that would even hate Spurs um, to even get up for the game. So Gallagher yeah, wants to join us, doesn't he? So he doesn't even care. Like, yeah, you yeah, exactly. any like proper Chelsea boys do that anymore? Yeah, but I, I think we'll win. Like I think like what Sam said earlier, I think they're gonna come out and play and that probably just like suits us and hopefully we'll just pick them off and um yeah, score like quite a few. So I'm I'm pretty actually I'm confident, which is like very unlike me. Do you have a score prediction? I'm not gonna give you my score prediction. I'm too scared. Okay, fair enough. I'll allow it. Tom. No, I hate giving score predictions. I know you do. I'm not gonna make you do it. 
Please. But do you think we're going to win? Please don't make me do it. Uh, Yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, we've been brilliant at home this season, haven't Mm -hmm. we? And Angie's record at home is mental, right? How, How... Many games. Uh, what could possibly go wrong? Excel took into account <laughs> as well. He's on some crazy run. Yeah, I'm not. I, but yeah, you've, you're now after sort of 15 minutes of talking about it, I'm so nervous now. Yeah, I'm going to feel really sick on the day. But just even without the sort of Pochettino factor, it's just Chelsea, isn't it? Like it's all oh, that's a horrible game, no matter what. It's just nice to care again. Yeah, but it's nice. I feel I feel confident in the. I feel confident in what Ange says when he just says, I, I want us to be competitive in every game. And I feel like we have been. I think the Fulham League Cup game aside, which was like a weird, like I now just consider that a sort of aberration. We've shown up in every single game, haven't we? Whatever we've, what we've done what needed to be done, even, you know, when the result hasn't necessarily been perfect. And that's literally only happened twice. So, but every other time we've won. Are we going to win, Billy? Um, do you know what it reminds me of? And I, I hate to bring it up, but last season when we played our storm, um, it was a similar time in the season as well. And they beat us at home. Um, none of their fans were worried about it whatsoever. I don't know if you remember that in the build up. They were like, oh, they can't wait to play Tottenham. Yeah. That was after we just finished above. They always well. say that, though. Yeah, they do. And that, that, that's how I kind of feel at the moment. Like, I'm not really, I, I don't, I'm not really worried about it at all. I just feel like we're just betting them and we'll just quite easily beat them. And I just feel like, I think there's so many parallels between us and Arsenal last season. Like it's yeah. quite scarily similar, a lot of it. It's a very similar record, very similar feeling. And um, I just feel like, yeah, I'm not really worried about it at all. I think we'll, we'll beat them quite easily, to be honest. I need to hear this. I feel, I think I'm going to feel really sick on Monday. And I think what Ash's point is the main thing. Like when they used to turn up to against us, they they had players like Hazard and that. That used to like absolutely hate us, and they had all these sort of players. Now they're like they're stripped of all that. They don't really have any players of like the Chelsea identity anymore. They're just sort of yeah. Do they have? Is there anyone? It's like Like, Reese James. He's a very good player, obviously, but um, he's probably the only one I could think of that would actually genuinely probably care about beating Tottenham. Yeah. Spend ninety minutes booing Marcus Alonso. Yeah. It's a long way from the Drogba, Terry Lampard era where they loved beating us then. Yeah, and that was obviously most of the time inspired by John Terry, but they don't really have that kind of players anymore. And Hazard was didn't Hazard literally say he was just he he knew he was going to have to turn up that game because he just wanted to beat Tottenham. That's all he wanted to do that season was just make sure that Tottenham don't win the league. But I don't think they've got anyone like that now. I don't think no, you can't anyone. imagine any of them saying. Or you can imagine maybe somebody saying it, but it wouldn't have yeah. the same sort of fire, I guess. Um, okay, this is all this is all good for me. I need to hear it, and. I probably, yeah, come Monday, I also don't think I'll be feeling bad for Pochettino at all. I'll just really, really, really want to beat him and I'll want him to be really sad. If we do beat him, do you think that's it for him? I mean, I don't don't, don't think Chelsea can do it. I just, I don't think they can second a manager. They'll just make them look so bad. I think they'll give him the season. But what I think would happen if they do beat him is that the fans will probably turn on him. Yeah. And after a while, it might be like that. But I just... They can't just keep. They've, they've spent a billion pounds on this. Like they can't. They've spent can't. so much money, yeah, and I don't can't. know who any of their players are. Who isn't even? I remember they, they were talking about this about Ten Hag just now. Like who is even available right now? There's no one. Um, there's there's no there's no of the like the sort of Ange profile managers around. It's like I have to get Conte or something like that. It's just there's nothing. Yeah. They could. I mean, they they could quite literally bring him back. It is mad. Um, 
we are 10 games in and maybe like it's sort of pointless talking about this because Chelsea, I do feel like Chelsea is still a really big test, right? There's no getting away from it. Like whatever state they're in, whatever it means to us, they are still like a big club, a massive rival. It, it still means a, a huge deal to play them and to beat them. Are we, like, I feel like it's been asked on like every single podcast this week, so maybe we don't really need to get into it, but like, are we in the title race, guys? Ash is like, don't ask me that question. I don't believe. I don't know. It's just, I, yeah, we, you, you, you are until you aren't, but yeah, I need a little bit more evidence. I need, I need us to go to like, I don't know, Newcastle or someone like that and like, win and then i'll i'll believe it i think that's almost right. like we've got to get i feel like we've almost get got to get over those like villa hurdles yeah it's like the well. middle teams isn't it we yeah. Really yeah we've beaten a couple of good teams and, and a lot of rubbish teams we haven't really beat any like middle teams yeah so you're saying no bill no i am saying i think we are because mm. I mean, if you're not after ten, it's like ten games is quite a significant amount, right? It's like a quarter of the season, like yeah. And it's not like we're, we've won, we've won eight of the ten games. It's like our, we're on, we haven't lost. We literally haven't lost. That's crazy. Points at the moment, I think, is our current projection at the current rate. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you if you're not after that, then when are you ever going to be in a title race? And not, we might not stay in it forever, but this point in time, we have to be. Like we have to be because we're you know we're top after ten games. We're top. It's so good. Sam, I think I also in, saw. That, um, Sorry, carry on, Bill. Um, this is the most amount of points that four teams have ever had at this stage in the season. So it's like the, the most. It's going to end up being one of the cra- if you know can sustains on this level, it'll end up being one of the craziest title races ever, which I am just definitely not built for on any level. Like no, thank you. Not, yeah, I can't hack it. I just the <laughs> idea of it is awful. I'd rather just like middle our way to four for something. I just, it's I'm, just like when you look at who's like yeah. right below us. I'm, I'm not like, built for no, that at all. No, thank you. Us. At the weekend, oh, even though oh. we won our game, like everyone else won. It was like it's just stressful, isn't it? It's not really. Yeah. Like, it's just horrible. I'd, I'd rather just sort of be you know, <laughs> middling our way through because it's, it's awful. This club, man, it's broken <laughs> us. We're like, no, we don't want it. We don't want it. Take it away. It's too scary. I am trying to do what you've what you've been saying, but it's really just try to live in the moment. But even like the moment is quite scary. Um, Sam, you think we're in the title? You think we're going to like win? One hundred percent, mate. Yeah, man. Uh, like, I like this is what football's all about. This is literally mm-hmm. why we do it. Um, Terror, yes. It's, but just like <laughs> this exact moment now is is just so good. And as much as I'm like, yeah, we can we can do it. We can go the whole way. I I am just making sure that I'm like checking myself every step along the way and like taking note of it and just trying to soak it all in because like it's just so good um it feels so good at home away um the chats that we have now you know when you sort of walk into the office with a big shitting grin on your face um just savoring all of that uh because it's it's really good so you know it may not last forever but i'll make sure that um, i'm gloating as much as i can on the way there also those moments like when we discuss these games and you can't and like every player is like the standout right and there's so many amazing moments. This is it. I think I've it's like enjoying football again. Like winning games is so nice, man. And winning games the way we do is so good. We should just they should just give us the trophy just for that, frankly. Um, Tom, how are you feeling about it all? I think I might feel differently if I hadn't watched what happened to Arsenal last season. Yeah. 
So I don't think I will feel confident or like that we're in the title race unless we're in this position in about mid-May. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so game 37. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and what I've been saying to Arsenal fans and other fans who've been trying to talk to me about us being top of the league is given the new manager, given what happened last season, given losing Harry Kane, I would have bitten your arm off for Champions League place this season. So if we get top four or five, perfect. So that's that's what I'm thinking about currently. And there's some stat, isn't there, that like every team who were in this position after 10 games did do that. Although, you know, also... Yeah, again, what could possibly go wrong? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean... Maybe we, yeah, we'll see. It's just always, I always feel like we'll see what happens after the next game, after the next game, after the next game. And then, and then hopefully we'll end up in May and I'll be like, oh, look, here we are. Okay. I think that is enough football chat for the evening. Shall we turn to culture? Sam, hit me. So um, I've got two quite contrasting culture picks for the week. Mm-hmm. Very Both nice. Um, one is very, very funny. Um, it's not new by any means, but my, my buddy Lucas was out from Australia the last week. Um, so we were, yeah, watching a bit of TV once we'd come home from dinner or whatever. Um, and we're watching Nathan for you. Have any of you guys watched it before? Man, it's so funny. Um, yeah, I'd like seen, seen chunks of it here and there, but like probably watched it through and it, yeah, had me absolutely in stitches. Um, so definitely recommend that to, Anyone that hasn't found it yet, very I have. I like. I have. I know you guys have all watched it, haven't you? But like, it's one of those comedies where is it not just? Like, I feel like it's so awkward. The kind of like curb style. I'll like. I'll d- claw my own face off watching it, which is why I haven't gone there yet. Have you? Yeah. Um, have you seen the rehearsal, Sam? Yeah, I've. I've st- I haven't finished it. I've basically it, watched it. Nathan for you. He's a genius, and he, he's a fucking genius. Man. I lost it incredible. at the rehearsal. Yeah, I love that. Was a, it's one of the most unique shows I've ever seen. And his new yeah. thing. He's got something new coming out, hasn't he? It's even crazier yeah, or something like that. It's him, one of the Safdie brothers from Uncut Gems, or uh, how does she say it? Uncut Gems. Um, <laughs> What's her name? Uh, Julia Fox. Um, yeah, it's been Jimin Safdie and Emma Stone's in it, and it's a drama as well, or like a comedy. It's yeah, it's gonna be mad. Yeah, he is. I don't understand like how you can do that and and like not even have the slightest smirk on your face. It, it like I'm I'm awful at like trying to have a poker face. If I find something funny, I'm like on the floor. Um, and yeah, just seeing this guy do that is, is phenomenal. Um, yeah. So I've been really enjoying that. (laughs) Um, and then on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, uh, is, uh, it's on Netflix. It's called painkiller. Um, with Emily, is it this one with Emily Blunt? I'm not too sure. I'm awful with, um, I'm actually dreading when you guys want to do the uh, Emmy chat (laughs) because I I, I don't know any celebrities. I'm just like, oh, that was a pretty good performance. And then my partner will be like, yeah, she's like, same, mate. Same. Same. (laughs) So she's always like, you guys are just talking a foreign language when we just mention actors. Yeah. Literally no idea. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's about Oxycontin. So pretty heavy. Um, but really insightful. Um, and like scary because it happened. Um, so yeah, I've been watching that for a bit of light relief. 
So that's got to have like a very similar a plot line. Did you you guys watch Dope Sick, right? Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed Dope Yeah. And there's also um the what's his name? The the horror guy there who's just on the House of Usher, which is about the same family as well. They're like the Sackler family, I think they're called or something. Yeah. Like yeah. Someone about as well. Some of the most evil people have ever walked. Yeah, fucking and it's mad that they like deliberately evil. were like sent people out to get loads of people like addicted to this stuff is vile. Yeah. And now they've had like their names taken off all of these various arts organizations, right? That'll teach but, them. But yeah, it's just yeah, exactly. dope sick. I fucking love dope sick, man. I think that's fucking brilliant. I haven't seen Pinkley yet, but I heard it's really good. That's definitely worth a watch. Like, yeah, really good. It's like a different point of view to to dope sick. It's um, yeah, it's a little bit more on the um, I guess the the sellers or like the the, the people like in sales for yeah. She's uh, the sales rep, right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So it's it's uh, which is like really sort of makes your skin crawl like what these guys were doing knowingly as well um yeah there was a whole big bit in in the book i read really recently demon copperhead by barbara kingsolver which is set in appalachia and so loads and loads and loads of people there it's an absolute blight on those communities and there was incredibly bleak descriptions of like all of these people queuing up like in the parking lot, like outside these like quote unquote sort of doctors' surgeries to get their prescriptions. So grim. Oh man, yeah, it's 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 heavy stuff to watch. Um yeah. Um like the um growing up in Australia, like we didn't really have like a sort of prescription drug problem like that. I think we like we had much stricter laws or rules with that that kind of thing. Um yeah, so it's it's like really shocking to see. I might be totally wrong, but like I never saw it. I don't think there is anything like the level of addiction that there is in America, I'm sure. Um, I mean, the thing is, is like now we can watch all this really heavy stuff because we don't need anything to distract us from the gloom of Tottenham. So, you know, we can really get into it. Ash, what have you been up to? I'm probably going to steal one of Tom's, but the Cass is Dead album is really good like i've been waiting for this yeah. album for about mm-hmm. five maybe more years um and it's finally come out um and it's like excellent. did he not like drop like one tune about two i swear to god in like the early days of this pod um he dropped a song called like, and then, like nothing Rings, else and i feel like that was probably like three or four years ago and that song's on the album which is like ridiculous um did you, um, did you read that profile of him that was fucking class man that interview of him so like one no. i think tom might have posted actually in the group chat i can't remember yeah, it's well, really, really good because he just does. He's done like one interview in his life, and it's really good. I need to check that out. But I, I went to like the sort of Cass is dead immersive experience. Oh like, yeah, that's what they talk about that the in the national. Yeah, the National Theatre or someone like that, and it was insane, as you like can imagine. Um, so the album is really good, and then there's a record. I think I may have posted it in the chat as well by uh this producer called Fold, and the record's called Billa. I'll send it again, and we can like post it out. But it's just like a uk garage track with like an old sample of this oh my MC god this sounds track. right on my street i think you yeah. did i just didn't get around to listening to it sorry yeah I'll, but now I'll, I will. I'll send it but it's fire so i've just been listening to like that basically for the past week i feel like i want to hear more about the Cass's dead immersive experience though this sounds incredible i yeah i'll tell you some stuff like off pod um, oh okay <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry listeners but i'm glad yeah. i get to hear it Mm-hmm. Have you ever have you ever worked with him, Ash? Because he's a very mysterious dude, isn't he? Like, have you ever like uh, have you ever, have you ever worked with him in any capacity? 
He's a very no, mysterious not, guy, isn't he? Like he's no, very, not at all. I remember years ago, like speaking to like the manager because like the record deal was like he's XL, wasn't he? On XL, wasn't he? Yeah, he's on XL now. Yeah, but like years ago, it was like unsigned, and I was like, that would be a really cool thing to work on. And yeah, like they just move. They're just very like doing their own thing. I like it, but yeah, and I have, I'd love to work with him. It's fucking mad. This is it. Maybe he'll be listening. He's not. Yeah, didn't we try to work out at one point if he was a Spurs fan or not? And then we were like, he's definitely yeah, he's Newcastle. Not. But he is from yeah. Tottenham, though. He does say that in the interview. He is yeah, he is. he is. Despicable. Yeah. How are you a, new, Newcastle, a fan. Newcastle fan? Every every Tottenham rapper does not support Tottenham. We need to, we need an intervention. This is a disgrace. Is this like a disgrace slash? I can't really blame them. Let's be honest. I fear. Just get out. <laughs> get out while you can. Um, I'm going to do mine quickly because it is me reading old sad stuff and then I'll throw to Tom and Billy for some uplifting. Because <laughs> when I went to the National Portrait Gallery the other week, I went to sort of one of my favourite bits, which is like portraits of writers and artists um, of like a sort of specific era. And it's um, a, a painting. It's a self-portrait of the First World War poet Isaac Rosenberg. And I've always had like, I love that. It's a really lovely painting of him and I've always had like his I've got this really old edition of like first world war poetry and I've always had like his poems like bookmarked in it and after that I just thought you know what I'm just going to see if there's like a like a collected works of his out there and there is and I bought it and it's really amazing he um, wrote like not just war poetry because he died in 1918. So it's pretty, he was like 20 something. It's obviously fucking horrific. And, but he wrote like loads and loads of poetry before that. But it's really cool. Like he grew up in Whitechapel, his family, um, they were Jewish and they like were from Lithuania. So they kind of obviously left there. It's pretty ropey over there. And they came to Whitechapel, like excruciatingly poor. And he managed to like, go to the Slade School of Arts. He got like somebody to kind of sponsor him, but then he, and he wrote poetry and he painted paintings and was part of a whole group. Um, and sort of, he was part of a movement, but not really part of it. So he was one of those kind of interesting sort of outlier dudes. And then he had to sign up. He had to enlist basically because he didn't have any money. So then that kind of obviously cut his life short basically it's really sad because his work is so extraordinary I think and it's really devastating when you read it and you just think all of these other things that he could have done and his sort of it collects his letters as well and his last letter is about you know he's got a plan for this stuff that he wants to write and he just doesn't have any time to write it because they're you know stuck in the trenches and um it's really devastating. He wrote quite a lot, but it's really devastating to think about what could have been. So that's mine, um, which is why I wanted to put it in now so I can turn to you guys and we can bring the pod back up for the end. Billy, over to you. Uh, yes, that was, that was lovely to listen to. Thank you very much. Um, but a superhero season um, on a completely different note. I feel bad, you know, going on a completely different note to that. But um, No, we needed it. Yeah, but um, yeah, I got a triple threat of superhero things. One of them is Loki, which I'm not... I don't know. I'm I'm just not really there. Bill, it's a shambles. It is I'm a shambles. Really the last episode, no. Been. I haven't seen the last one yet. I'm just I'm oh, okay. Watching, but I'm just not there with it. And um, I kind of got this whole Marvel fatigue thing. And then to the perfect answer to that are two things. 
One of them is Gen V, which I think is absolutely fantastic. If you like the boy, Ollie is obsessed with oh, that. Man, he loves so it. Good, he loves man. the world. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like I, I, I spin-offs generally are terrible, and like it's really worrying when you know, one of your favorite shows is a spin-off, um, but they've really pulled it off, and it's like it's just it's basically like on, on the level of the boys. Um, but one I'm so hyped for coming on Friday the of the third of november is uh invincible season two which i've been waiting for like four years now for it's like probably my favorite show um i just fucking love the first season i think it's like a perfect series of television it's like one of the best superhero things i've ever seen if anyone's not seen it it's like animated but it's incredibly violent and incredibly adult-led um uh, uh superhero story it's got like an incredible cast as well um i'm so hyped for it i can't wait for that so yeah gen v and invincible which i think are the perfect anecdote antidote to the sort of marvel fatigue that everyone's going through now as they are just churning out such mid content for like the last i feel like even they're sick of it do you know what i mean yeah. and it's, uh, do you know what's really sad about it I, I don't want to go into this too deeply but they've got a film coming out in november um which is um the marvels and that's sort of like it's female-led and it's gonna it's, it's on track to absolutely tank yeah because it's, track it's to gonna be bad that's the thing yeah, it's, it's got such a bad. lovely cast you know, and it should be great but yeah, the narrative coming straight out of that is going to be um you know the sort of the incels that are against having like mm-hmm. female-led superhero stories they're going to win um but yeah it's just it's it's nothing to do with that it's more just the fact of how badly marvel are handling everything at the moment so that's really sad but um yeah, I'm just I'm a bit done with Marvel at the moment, but there's some really good superior stuff in Invincible and Gen V, which is an amazing show. And it's fucking probably the most some of the most sick stuff I've ever seen on TV. Um it's absolutely Yeah, like wild. literally, literally <laughs> sick as opposed to get I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's why when Ollie's like watching it, he was like, I don't know if this is for you, Rose. And I was like, I don't think it's <laughs> either. It's so good. I'm buzzing. Oh, do you love it as well? Yeah, I've I've watched I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I didn't realise it was coming out so soon. That's great. Yeah. You guys have stronger stomachs than me, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Tom, what are you up to? Um, Also quite different to yours, Rosa, but there's a really good song um, by George Riley and Hudson Mohawk called uh, S-E-X, which is just like typically mental production from Hudson Mohawk and a really cool vocal from George Riley, who was on some of that. She was on that Anne's EP. Um, that everyone loved a while ago. And it's all on Ninja Tune as well, who are just on like a crazy, crazy run at the moment. That Barry Can't Swim album just came out on Ninja as well. Um, so that's that. And then Strictly, obviously, big up mm-hmm. Bobby. But I hope Bobby and Diane win on Strictly, although I like Nigel. And I'm just mostly buzzing that we're through the gruelling bit where there's so many couples that the show goes on for literally two and a half hours. It was an hour and a half on Saturday night, right? Like, yeah, that's manageable. Down to 90 minutes. That's mm-hmm. manageable. Um, I feel a bit sad Amanda like, left. Zara? Amanda, she's gone. No, no, no. Zara oh, got no, sorry. Amanda yeah, Amanda pulled gone. out. Yeah. Yeah, Amanda is, pulled out. Yeah, that's a shame. Although yeah. I've always wondered what the, what the professionals are thinking when they drop out because they're probably like, cool, I'll just kind of chill till Christmas now, right? Yeah. Geo was like, Just show up for their show dances. Have a good time, yeah. Exactly. It's quite easy for them now. Um, but yeah, like Nigel um, uh, and like uh, lovely Bobby, who's a big Spurs fan. Yeah, Coy's Bobby, we're really, really rooting for him in our house too. And Ellie and Vito are the big hits. Oh, wait. Katia's with, she's she with Nigel? Katia, yeah. She's with yeah. Nigel. Yeah. Oh, my God. Katia's just so gorgeous and such an amazing dancer. Yeah. And that's quite a 
sexy pairing, basically, isn't it? Very, yeah, very. <laughs> yeah, it's this is the good stuff now. Also, all of the really bad dancers have gone. Sorry, Zara, but like everybody bad is gone now. There's, everybody else is like a good standard. Krishnan's winding me up a bit. I don't know oh, if, yeah. if he kind of should be in in Gaza or Tel Aviv or something right now, but he's on Strictly. He's got. I out. mean, he's done his time, hasn't he? Probably, no. but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one when you're a newsreader and you're sort of... Yeah, and you're like, oh, the world is, like, literally falling to bits, but you're just here dancing. It's fun. And, like, Lauren's telling you you're really cute. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. (laughs) Um, And someone... No, I won't say. uh, Something for the group chat. (laughs) But, yeah, I think Krishnan can go, like, yeah. That's true, actually. Yeah. And all the rest of them can stick around because they're all really cool. Okay, well... Obviously, that's a that's a running theme, so I'm sure everyone cannot wait to hear what we have to say about it next week. Who do you think is going to go next, actually? Do you think it is going to be Krishnan? Hopefully Krishnan, yeah. Um, though Because otherwise it is going to be like a shock. Yeah, Angela's very good, isn't she? And yeah. Then, um... Which Angela? They're both excellent. Oh, yeah, they actually, there's two Angelas. And then the tennis player whose name suddenly escapes my mind. Is oh, the- yeah, Annabelle Croft. I mean, she's got the JoJo vote, which, like, keeps them in for weeks after they should go, let's be honest. She's good, but she's not going to go all the way. So, yeah, maybe. She's Chris not, yeah. Know. Yeah, either of those two. And then we'll be left with, like, some proper dancing. All right. That's a, that's a perfect note to end on, I think. Um, good vibes only. Thanks so much, guys. Hopefully. Um, all of you will be proved right and we can all boo and cheer to our heart satisfaction on Monday night. Billy, we see us out. At the Spurs. <laughs>